Today's episode is brought to you by Seed, DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. I'm Sasha Exeter, and welcome to My Friends Do Dope Shit. Okay, so if you're in love with fashion and accessorizing and glamour and cool and realness and style for days, then today's your episode because I have the wonderful and wildly talented content creator, Karen Blanchard, aka Karen Britchick. Oh, wow. That is an amazing intro. That's probably the best intro I've ever heard. Stop. Well, you're like actually amazing. So you deserve an amazing intro. Oh, thank you very much. And I'm very well. I'm very good. Good. Um, So I want to kind of go back in time. Let's rewind to BB Karen living in London, England. How did you catch the fashion bug or your affinity to style? Probably from my mom and I. My early memories is of us going to the London street market. So we'd go to our favorite stalls with our favorite sellers and just rummage through piles of clothes or hang on rails all outside on the street. Our favorite markets, Roman Road Market, big up East London. And we'd just come home with a bag of clothes and we'd just empty it out on the kitchen table. And I'd try it all on and do like a little catwalk in the kitchen with mum because I was raised by her. And I think I got the bug from there and it's stuck with me ever since. I think that's really cute and such a great like way to bond for mother and daughter. Like I would love to do that with Maxwell. So your style is kind of like nobody else that I know. What I think I love the most about you is that you just kind of do your own thing. You don't subscribe to trends. And I know you don't even like pigeonhole your style into any one box. So while everyone's looking at you to be inspired, myself included, who or what do you look to keep you inspired? Like, where are you sourcing? Who do you look at? I go by what's happening in here, my heart and gut reaction. And I'm getting increasingly more inspired by just the people who I see on the streets, not necessarily people who are in fashion, so to speak. And when I say people, I don't just mean women. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm very unisex in that sense, in my approach to fashion. And I think that's what people are enjoying so much. What I love the most about you is your personality. (laughs) You're fucking so dope. I've followed you online, admired you from a distance. I'm not joking. Most know you as a content creator, but now you have, I guess, designer as part of your byline and your title now, you've created two successful clothing capsules with Amazon The Drop that are so fab. How was your experience doing it? It was good. I actually wasn't sure about doing it in the beginning because I was like, oh, I don't know. It's Amazon. Do I want to do that? But I'm glad I did because, you know, Sinead, my manager that we both are friends with as well, she said, you know what, Karen, do it for the learning experience because you're going to learn Don't do it for the money, do it for that. Soak up the knowledge about how it's done, the backs, you know, how the stages of it, like backstage sort of. And I said, you know what, you're right, I'm gonna look, I'll look at it that way. And I did, and I'm so glad I did that because I have information that I wouldn't have had. Exactly. That's given me confirmation that followers actually like what I would design. Are you surprised by that? Are you actually surprised by that? Uh, Well, remember, this is me in my own bubble, not seeing. It's very difficult to see what you look like. Correct. From the outside world, how people see you, because you're just you. You know what I mean? You're in the eye of the storm. You don't know. Yeah. And don't forget, I'd never, ever put my name on anything tangible uh, clothing wise that had my name on it. I'm a clothes horse. 
I know I felt that kind of pressure when I started co-designing with Joe Fresh and a little bit of, I guess, what you went through with imposter syndrome, thinking like, okay, I know people like what I generally wear, but will they actually purchase something that I've made? Exactly. Same. So I totally get it. I think we are totally on the same page. So do you have the design bug? Will there be more design projects in your future? Will you do this again with Amazon? Or do you think that you've kind of built up the confidence to kind of try something on your own next? The last part of what you said. Really? It's something that I've always wanted to do anyway. I feel like that's, to me, is like the next chapter of my career. I've been doing this for since 2009 when I started the blog. So I've got so much knowledge just about style, fashion, how to put things together, all of that kind of stuff that I'm at the point now where I want to package it into what is my name and to come up with what is what I would love to wear. Because I designed in a way, I designed in a way for them, for Amazon, based on things that I actually wanted to wear. And that's the same ethos that I will always take, which is what do I personally want to wear? If I design this shirt, it's got to be in such a way that I actually, would I really buy that? That's going to be the test for anything that I create. Yeah. And hopefully, I mean, you've done this dance with Amazon twice. And I'd like to think that it's kind of given you the confidence that you can convert And I have no doubt that you'll have success when you're ready to design your very own collection. So many people look to you for fashion cues. Do you care that people bite your style and copy you or do you kind of view it as a compliment? (laughs) I see it as a compliment when they, um, yeah, because I get people like friends, like followers will send me like pictures and you'll be like literally wearing what I, I have or they'll do the their own brands, but it's exactly what my, exactly my outfit, but they'll tag me. Like they're giving full credit saying that I'm doing that's like good. Yeah. Karen Britchick vibes today. So that's really cool. And also like with the clothing line with Amazon, same thing, like they'll just, which I love, they show me, they tag me, show me how they wore the pieces that I designed. So I've always loved that. I think that's great. So when we thought about having you come on as a guest, One of the things that I really wanted to talk to you about was something that we discussed briefly when I was in New York last fall. Now, we talked earlier about how you dress in your fashion sense, and it used to be a lot more um, vintage finds and lots of high street finds. But over the years, and you've been doing this a while since 2009, you have you know, you've developed, you've grown, you've become more elevated, you've had an affinity towards more luxury goods, and have been incorporating that into your everyday wear and lots into your content. And I think you probably know where I'm going with this. But I'm dying to get your take on what it's like doing luxury content. Yes, girl, as a black creator in a space that is not necessarily designed for people like us. Nice. You're right. It is something that I've started to incorporate more in my wardrobe and it's literally because I can afford to now if I could afford to at the time I would have 100% because I know a lot of people like comments will be like oh my gosh what happened to wearing like thrift and vintage and oh I miss the Karen that just wore thrift and vintage like well you know you have to be prepared for people to change you know if I stayed the same my whole life and I do be so boring else I I want to change the only things that don't change are a stone you know, and I'm not, I'm a, I'm, I'm a real living, breathing person. 
and I will continue to evolve. I evolved from when I was at school, outfit-wise, to college, university. Then I started the blog. I was dressing another way. As I started to progress through to now, same thing. I've continued to change. It's a natural evolution. And I don't know why people have a problem with that. But I, I really don't understand why people have a problem with Black content creators having luxury items or having a what is perceived as a luxurious lifestyle. And they do not hold that same sort of benchmark for our white counterparts, if you will. So there's many, you know, fashion influencers and content creators that have multiple Hermes bags and they do unboxings and they they show their lifestyle and they may fly private and do all of these things and they're they're applauded for those things and they they're viewed as being aspirational and inspirational which is great but I don't feel like it's the same for women like us like women of color I think that you are leading the pack and owning it I I still get backlash sometimes when people see certain handbags and they're like who oh the best like who, who bought that bag for you like are you fucking kidding me are you fucking kidding me? Who bought that bag? I bought that bag. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's like, it's the, how did you, how could you get that? Um, I did an assumptions about me video on YouTube and I did it off the back of a stories where I started it with a question box asking what assumptions you have about me. And the number one thing people said was two, one is that um, I came from money and two, that I married a sugar daddy. I knew it. They are for sure believe that Michael's funding your they lifestyle. They said that, yeah, Michael's funding my life. Um, and the only reason I'm able to do all of this is because of him. And it's interesting because, you know, that's why I addressed it in a YouTube video. I expanded it because I want this to have a more permanent space than just Instagram stories and a wider audience so it can mm -hmm. be seen for years. Um, and, you know, I, I took that head on because I was like, you know what? This needs to be addressed. It couldn't be further from the truth because I'm actually the breadwinner in the house. Blue. He is actually <laughs> my um, employee. So I pay him salary. So as well as others. So they have no idea what they're talking about. And it's None. very sad to hear that because it's such a shame that women have such low esteem and such a low perception and value of themselves that they can assume that a woman couldn't have possibly done all of this work and got where she is by herself. There is no way she could have bought this luxury item and owned this house and be able to uh, employ people. There is no way she did it all by herself. No, she got help. But there was, what I find problematic is that they would never question those things when it's a white content creator. Mm -hmm. That's what I find to be the problem. So it's like, would you have asked Nancy or Susan or Laura or Sarah these questions? Would you make the same assumptions about them and what they have and who's funding their lifestyle? No, I don't see that. So then why is it okay for you to make those assumptions about me because I'm a woman of color? Why as a black woman must I pretend to scrape by if I'm not scraping by? If I work hard and make, see, I'm getting upset now. If I work hard and I make decent money and I can afford these things, why do I have to pretend that I, I'm not that person? Correct. You're supposed to, it, it makes you, they make you feel guilt. It's projection. All of it's projection, by the way, on their side. Um, because if you are truly are a happy person and you're content with your life and everything about it, you're not going to project something onto someone negative because you're okay to, you can quite 
calmly watch somebody do unboxings, do whatever, and enjoy it and then move on. You, it takes a lot of energy and it takes a, 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 a projection of something that's quite strong in you for it to have been stirred up enough for you to have the, the time to write it down and communicate that to that person you're watching. That is speaking volumes about the person who is typing that message. People like this exi- just exist and that's fine to me. I was going to ask you, you seem like super chill totally about trolls and, and online bullying and like it doesn't bother you at all. Exactly. I mean, in the beginning, yeah, it does. In the beginning, when you're just starting out, it does feel like, oh my God, I got this, what they're saying? Ooh. You know, it's kind of like horrible comment. But you have to realize this is not their life. This is my life. So I'm the one who has to live it. So if you don't like what you're seeing, then you don't need to be watching. And clearly this is not the content for you. I always tell people that have an issue with things that I post. It's like you can remove yourself from the conversation. And that's super simple by just pressing the unfollow button. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. Can we can we please talk about Fashion Week? I, on all the fashion weeks, like I just got goosebumps. I love my job and I have amazing experiences, of course. I don't think I've ever had so much FOMO in my life than watching you and the other Kensington Gray content creators. And for those who aren't aware, Kensington Gray, they're a premier boutique agency that represents black creators. You guys shut down New York Fashion Week, took some time off and then did the whole thing again in Europe. It was insane. What was your experience like, especially at the European shows? I've always been the one to watch it from the sidelines years ago um, because I was never invited, but I was always fascinated by it as a whole. So to be actually a part of it this time is a first. And I was a bit nervous, but at the same time, I was excited as well. It was just really great to see other women who look like yourself mm-hmm. we're all doing it together and we knew we were doing it together where we were very aware of what was happening to be that person sit front row and to, to be amongst editors who i have seen growing up working in the industry and to be sitting amongst them for me personally that spoke volumes about how far I've this girl from Tottenham, North London has come, raised by her mum in council flats, to be shot by so many photographers outside, as before I even walked into the show when I wore the Carolina Rivera dress. But to have that moment, I, I was thinking about my mum, you know, I was thinking, cause I know what she said, she was thinking what I was thinking, which is like, oh shit, oh my God. You know, like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. And I remember I, that video was, I sent footage of that to mum because I would talk on WhatsApp every day. And, you know, and my stepdad, and they were like, they told me they were looking like at that the video and they were like, oh my God, is that Karen? Like, what? That's Karen? You know, they couldn't believe it. You looked like a star. You looked oh, like a star. Thank you. And you're saying how, you know, nervous you were because it was a first for you. Um, anybody watching could not tell that. It was like... It was literally your moment. And I mean, all of the Kensington Gray um, roster, you guys were all shining bright. But you, my friend, were a vision and someone to watch. And 
um, there's there was many layers of this for me. So it was nice to see my friends have a coming of age moment and stepping into their light, into who they are and where they should be. Um, but it was also interesting to just see a natural transition and shift in the industry. So, um, you know, it wasn't the typical white creators with two to five million followers that were being targeted by the photographers. And you guys seem to like create a stir everywhere you went. I was so proud. I was Thank really, you. really, really proud. Thank you. I was um, stopped by a follower um, on Thursday evening and she said, Karen, can I just say to you that what you guys did during Fashion Week, she said, she said, Karen, when I watched, she said, I actually cried because she says, I've never seen at that level myself, someone who looks like me doing what you were doing. Oh, my God, I just got goosebumps. It's just, you know, she was saying how it just meant so much to her to see that. Um, and she said, Karen, don't, don't stop. Please keep going. Just keep going. We're watching. Keep going. So, yeah, it really meant a lot. It means a lot when you hear these things because it's, you sort of work by yourself in a way and you don't really see how you look from the your outside. Impact, your impact. So, yeah, you your don't impact. see the impact. You're just doing it. Well, know this, that one of my favorite sayings is if you can see it, you can believe it, then you can achieve it. So you guys did the industry and did something very big and powerful for women of color. So we are, we were able to see that we can be in those spaces and you're going to inspire and have inspired many other young women to, uh, to aspire to do the same things. And men too, I believe. And yeah. uh, I think I personally think there's going to be, and I'm not being sort of naive. I think there's going to be a shift I'm already starting to see glimpses of a shift in the luxury space in terms of people who look like us. The passing of Virgil Abloh was a huge blow, but his significance in the space has really, I believe, have, will have lasting resonance and impact um, because of how he brought streetwear, which has forever been tied to black culture, to yep. the masses at a luxury level. And you can't rewind that. You can't take that away. Speaking of compliments, you're pretty badass because you're able to do every single platform very well, which I don't know what the secret is. Like I struggle to manage one or two. And I understand that YouTube is just like a whole other beast like video content is just so much more involved and takes so much more time but you you do it all so well like how what is the tea a couple of things it's hard work it's consistency but it's all driven by you loving to do it um, or just at least liking to do it um, so for example youtube if you are somebody who has if you love, because it always starts this way, if you love whatever that topic is, doesn't have to be fashion, whatever it is to you, that will come across if you're, say, on YouTube and don't mind having, if you've got the confidence to show yourself on video, because um, that's another thing, it will come across. Your personality will come out because you love it. So do you have a content sweet spot? Like, I think we all have a platform that we love to create on and share on more than the others would yours be YouTube or would it be Insta like you're so good that I can't usually I can decipher what that is for somebody else because I've been doing this a long time too but like you're just freaking great on every channel so what like what do you love the most thank you I think 
I like them for different, I like plat the different platforms for different reasons. So it's not like one, this is the one only that I love the most. I do really like YouTube because like I said before, it's an opportunity for me to express myself, my personality uh, and just literally talk. And I think that's, that's key, that's important that you can like connect um, with who your, your followers in that sense. Because if not, you can sort of hide to some degree behind Instagram photos, even reels, because it's so highly polished and can be. Um, yeah. But with Instagram, what I like is the ability to uh, almost show like, not necessarily editorial, but in some cases, maybe a somewhat editorial side, because I still love that look. Um, like and the polish I, look. I, I still love that. And I still love and be able to sort of show that every now and again. Um, and you can do that because that's aspiration, even though it's also inspiration. And now for me, it's just about taking that personality and condensing it into smaller snippets with TikTok, which is the next <laughs> thing. It's crazy. I know, right? So I'm sure you get a lot of questions, people trying to um, get into this line of business, be a content creator, or YouTuber, what kind of advice would you give to someone who's trying to turn this into a full-time gig? Assuming that you've already sort of started then and you just want to take it to that next level, I would say treat it as a job to be considered seriously to that next level. So post consistently. That's key because if you show up, your followers show up. If you don't, the same happens with them. So that is probably the number one thing. Look at the quality of your content as well so that it is something that you truly would want to come and show up for and look at yourself, right? So mm -hmm. that's another thing. So put, always put yourself in your followers' shoes. Is this content that your followers, that you, if you were as a follower, would you want to look at that? I know Sinead talks about that, who's the co-founder of Kensington Gray Agency, that she talks about that a lot. Like, is your engagement not going up or your followers not going up? Ask yourself why. Would you want to be looking at the content that you're posting? Like, that is a benchmark, right? And if it's no, because it could be, you know, it's like, well, there you go. You just answered it for yourself right so if there's followers right. if there's content creators that you enjoy looking at um look at why what is it about them that you like it must be uh, probably something uh, i'm talking this uh, i'm referring to this in the fashion space but if it's the way they're dressed how they're dressing it's the photography it's how often that they post it's seeing them up on their stories as well maybe it's a personality you're seeing their story there's things that you're instinctively like and drawn to with those people mm -hmm. apply that mm -hmm. to yourself and that is yeah. how you start to um, be taken more seriously and other and brands will start to look at you because they see that you are starting to be, to get an, a, attention from other people. You position yourself as an expert in whatever that area is, cooking, clothes, sewing, I don't care what it is. I think that's the key. So lastly, um, this podcast is all about highlighting dope ass people, which is why you're here talking to me today. So I like to end every episode by asking my guests who are three dope people everyone should have on their radar or should be following or should know. Candice Brathwaite. Love her. Didn't you do an IG live with her on the topic of black creators and luxury? Yes, we did. Yeah, we did it on IG and then I turned and did it as a YouTube video. Same format. That's actually how I found Candace. Yeah. Um, and the reason I found Candace was through my mate Paula. She forwarded me. It was an IGTV that Candace had done. 
Candice just talked about luxury and how, why did it make, as a black woman, she said, why did it make me feel weird that I'm watching a black person unbox a luxury designer bag on YouTube and yet I just finished watching about three or four others who were white and I felt no way but when I see someone that looks like me I was aware that it was making me feel a kind of way uncomfortable feeling yeah and she dressed that in an IGTV and I applauded and I admired that she could do that because nobody really does that nobody sort of questions the negativity that that, that they're feeling they just run with it and she did so she was one person and i've been following her ever since um another person is tamu mcpherson for sure love her we met uh for the first time years ago when we shot street style um outside fashion weeks so she's a, another person um and another person uh <laughs> believe it or not is probably going to be Shanae. And Shanae is actually my I manager. Knew it. I would have to co-sign that. I was going, I, I knew for sure you were going to mention her as one of your three and I would have to agree. Yeah, but you knew, and you know why. She's, um, it's incredible seeing someone, I love seeing people that look like us reach where they get to and beyond. And to be inspired, she inspires me, her and her husband, and to see how they created Kensington Grey and to be there from the fairly earlier stages and to see how it's literally just taken off. Um, it's, that is incredible. I love seeing things like that. And that what she created is something I, to myself, before she created it, or before I knew her, I used to say to myself and to even Michael, there needs to be an agency that exists that represents us. And he knew what I meant, Michael's white, but he knew what I meant when I said that. Because there wasn't any at that time that I knew of. And all there was is like DBA and um, Four Card and all these other places. But I was like, there needs to be something that's for us. That has to happen. That has to. I can't see it not. And so said, so done. And she's and she's absolutely killing it. And you can find her at Toronto Shea, which is her personal account, and at Kensington Gray, which is the agency account. Um, but all three amazing women... And I'm, I'm actually already following all of them. So I'm obviously on the right path. But we, it's time for us to close. I cannot believe an hour has flown by so quickly. I feel like we are back in Soho having tea and, and desserts and table fries. Yes, that's it. We'll have to do it again. <laughs> we will have to do it again. Um, but before you go, how about you tell everyone where they can find you online? Oh, okay. Um, pretty easy. It's the same name, same name everywhere. Karen Britchick. Um, Brit as in British and then chick like chicken. So just Karen Britchick. <laughs> <laughs> All one word um, on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. Um, yeah, you'll find me there. Amazing. Thank you so much, Karen. This has been such a treat to sit down with you and I cannot wait to see you again in IRL. Love you, girl. Love you. Take care. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. For more episodes, subscribe to My Friends Do Dope Shit on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you listen. If you like this podcast, share it with your friends and make sure to leave a rating and a review. My Friends Do Dope Shit is produced by Entertainment One. The director of programming at E1's podcast network is Sasha Tong. 
Executive producers, Deborah Belcourt and Sasha Tong. Producer, Allison Bruff. Associate producers, Adrian Muhajirin and Chris Chu. Edited and mixed by Adrian Muhajirin. Hosted by me, Sasha Exeter. 